Good day, everybody. Trying some uh, different software today. I'm trying to systematically figure out what's going on. I don't think it's on Rumble's end. Um, I don't think it's not a hardware issue. My computer is more than capable of streaming and recording and things of that nature. Uh, I'm thinking it might be X. It might have been XSplit, which was the software I use. So I'm trying OBS today. If that doesn't fix it, then I'm going to see if it is Restream that might also be uh, causing it. But nonetheless, I hope you're all doing well. And uh, lots of news today on a Thursday. Big chore day for me. It's a, uh, a pickup dog poop day. Classic me, classic Thursday. Classic Thursday, picking up dog poop. Got to figure out why my pole lights aren't working. I've got some security pole lights that, uh, you know, technology's great, but uh, the switch to turn them on is connected to like smart home devices and there's no other switch to turn them on. And um, we had a little power outage and some internet outage during that storm. So uh, I can't turn my outside security lights on. So I got to figure that out. Thanks to uh, Mike for the rumble rant. Finally, catch your zoom. Glad you're here, buddy. Thursday's house stuff day and only time I catch you live. Yeah, that's uh, Thursday's house stuff day for me too. Friday, I try to get done early and relax. Tomorrow, we'll do a local stream, locals only stream after the show. And um, I'll have a locals little vlog video, I think, for you as well. But I digress. Lots of news. Oh, I, I think I've, you know, the mailbox issue. Uh, it didn't occur to me that there would probably be some like pre-made mailboxes that have like stands that you fill with water or sand or something like that. And uh, I found one on Amazon for like 40 bucks. So I ordered it. It'll be here this weekend. I, I, my, I dug my mailbox out of the snow. It's actually in okay shape. So I should be able to secure it to this temporary thing. I just need to find a friend with a skid steer that can come and like push back all the snow. So I can place it, but that won't be hard. Finding somebody with a skid steer out in the country is not difficult. Freezing already. Well, if it's freezing under with this software at a lower bit rate, then it's got to be restream, which, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll try a different service tomorrow. It seems like when I stream directly to rumble, I don't have an issue, but when I restream for locals too, suddenly it has all sorts of issues. Oh yeah, I could just use my tractor, duh. <laughs> yeah, I just have to put the bucket on it. I'll just take my tractor down there and uh, 
put the bucket on it and just push the snow back and then place the place the thing. Good. I can't believe I didn't think about that. That's why I bought the damn thing. What do I need a skid steer for? I have a 60 horsepower diesel tractor. So I'll put the bucket on. Maybe I'll vlog that. Maybe I'll vlog putting the bucket on. Get that thing down there. Push the snow back where my mailbox used to be. And uh, then just drop it in. And then I'll probably use the snow to like fill in around it so, to help hold it down. Lots of news today, though. Uh, we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian yeah. community in this city. I did want to ask you about something you wrote a couple of years ago. You said, if I had a gay son, I would think I'd... Oh, look, another, another, I'm saying to the swamp, you guys, a swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and, and someone's... Let me ask model. you something. Are you, you, are you, chance, are you gay? No, are you, are you, let me know, are you gay? Can I hear, can I get an answer? Well, no, I'm asking, I'm, this is the part of the, are you, are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If There's nothing gayer than calling yourself... An ally. Sorry. I love my I love my uh I love my gay viewers. I I think you can, you know, I think it's sweet. You can do it whatever makes you happy. Um, but I still think calling yourself an ally is gay. And in like the early two thousands way. Not in like a anti gay way. In a in a dumb way. Pat the Palmer Juggalo Jeremy. Wick, 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 wicka, what's up? Man, how come every time I got a taco, you want to bite, motherfucko? If you had a son and he was like, you know, you had a son, he was gay, you'd be like, oh, man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid? No problem with it. Oh, man, well, you, dude, you're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. Like, would you fucking, when he sees the bank accounts, like, you're just fucking pathetic. And, and the fact that, the fact that you have no fucking backbone and, and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts, you ask me some stupid shit like that, go fuck yourself. Move, <laughs> Move the fuck on, man. Like that doesn't really coward. answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that you'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight, they'll have to accept me or denounce me. When uh, when they know what and will know what they stand for, are you this guy's like that. Nah, this Canadian's not that Canadian. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light. Here's the thing about Bud Light. Ten years ago, to be trans was a what a mental fucking illness, and now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaselled your way into the world. You are you are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fuck in school. I don't want my kids being taught about you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is a fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Oh, golly gee. It just occurred to me, if anybody wants to do some... Oh, it doesn't look like it. I was curious if um, Menards or Home Depot sold stock those standalone mailbox stands or not. If anyone wants to shop Home Depot or, or Menards' website, let me know if they have them. Because I ordered it from Amazon, but it won't be here for a week. I kind of want to fix it today. It's creating a huge issue. Ugh. The one on Amazon is um is fine. It's not cheap. But I don't care. I just want to be able to get my mail. It's this thing. Wait, not that one. That was a hundred bucks. The one was like I got was like sixty bucks. Dooby dooby doo, dooby dooby doo. Yeah. I thought Home Depot would, but I didn't see it. You would think they would. This thing. All it is 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 um that that thing. It is uh sells an all-in-one mailbox with a little stake you hammer in for like 60 bucks. Yeah, well, I can't hammer anything in because the ground's, you know, frozen four feet deep. That's the problem. I'll be able to put a new, like, permanent mailbox in in the springtime. Stop whining about your mailbox. Bro, do you have any idea how much money people spend every day to send me junk mail? Do you want that to go to waste? Do you know... How many people send me letters that look like they're official and they, they look like they're important and that I should open them up only for them to be selling me some sort of mortgage refinancing? You do you want those people's letters to not get answered? I get like 15 packages a day and now they're now I have to go to the now I have to go to the uh mailbox the post office every day too. When does snow typically end your way? Um I mean it's not uncommon to get snow in like April. It's not uncommon to get snow in April. So is, uh, do you think your tra tractor could push in the stakes? Oh, that's probably true. It might be able to, if they were like iron. Any day I could get that. I just, I got that. I'm yeah. The letter, right? You may have already won. How will I know if I may have already won a million dollars? Oh, 
all my prison fan mail yeah all my what will my prison pen 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 pals how will they do it five gallon bucket filled with concrete yeah that's that that was my initial plan until i saw that they make those like ready to go things because it took it took the pole too so i need another pole and stand and stuff so let's talk about uh I wonder if I can even upload this video to YouTube. Let's see. Let's see. I'll record it, but you already have a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. I have debt. I'm an American. What if I, what if I miss the opportunity to extend my car's warranty? Then will you think I'm complaining about my mailbox? <laughs> Auger attachment? No, that's, that'd be super expensive and I would love, only need to ever use it like one time, you know? Here's an interesting video. You know, a lot of these like Hollywood celebs, you know, they, you know, hold on a second. Wait, uh, pirate prepping. Do you have the link to that? Oh, I see what you mean. That's the exact one I bought. Let me see if they have it at Home Depot. Like locally. Real quick. I see you. Uh, pick up. They don't have them in stock. You still gotta shit. You gotta ship them. That's what I was afraid of. Nobody ever stocks anything anymore. So they don't have them in stock. They have them, but not in stock. All right. Now, there's been a lot of people in Hollywood that spent the last four years, roughly, gosh, has it been four years already, who, um, you know, want to try and move on past all their simping they did for Big Pharma. Uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, they want you all to forget that they told you to go get the jab or that you were, you know, you're a terrible person. They want you to forget that I bet you a very strong percentage of them just got the first, they got the first jab and then maybe a booster or two and that's it. They're not on their fifth boosters. Literally nobody is. I mean, yes, figuratively nobody is. There are some people, but if you look at the actual percentages, like the amount of people that are getting their fourth and fifth, you know, and sixth jabs, it's hardly anybody in comparison to the people that they were able to uh, push into getting that first one. And, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is somebody who has some very interesting opinions on the jab. And I thought that this was pretty interesting as Howie Mandel, who's, I don't know, a, a basically a nobody. I don't, I don't even know how he got famous. He, was he on Bobby's World? I don't, I don't even remember. Um, he's been in Hollywood forever. Um, he attempts to rewrite history 
on the jab and immediately regrets it getting owned by RFK Jr. How Howie Mandel saying, they never said you won't get the coof if you get the jab. RFK Jr. says, I saw a tape yesterday of them all saying it. Can I play it for you? Well, well, wait, wait, wait. It, it doesn't matter what Rachel Maddow said. How about this? Not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Getting vaccinated and getting a booster shot when eligible can save your life and protect you and your family and friends from getting seriously ill and spreading infection. What do you think the probability is? 80%? Personally, I think it's 100%. I think that there's a reduction in transmission. Right. COVID, if you have these vaccinations. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You now I could play many more minutes of this. RFK is a guy that, you know, I like many people probably would agree in our in our spaces you know i probably i wouldn't vote for him for president but there are things that i will agree with him on um and his positions you know on the jab is is one such example uh they want this is what's so frustrating about you know hollywood and people like howie mandel and even other political commentators in the space that say they don't want to talk about the jab anymore because it was four years ago. Four years ago, this was the greatest human rights violation in the modern era, probably the post-slavery era, world post-World War II era, I guess you could say. You know, you might be able to say, you know, uh, let's say the greatest human rights violation in the last 50 years, 70 years. They want you to forget. Even people on the right want you to forget. Why? I don't understand. It matters. We're just supposed to move on. We're just supposed to be like, uh, you know, again, the, this quote here. A clinical trial study, you had 22,000 people who took the vaccine uh, and 22,000 yeah. people who got the placebo. And what the result was after six months, they had to hand that data to FDA in order to get the emergency use authorization. What that data showed that in the vaccine group, there was one COVID death of 22,000 people over six months. Right. In the, COVID, in the unvaccinated group, there were two COVID deaths. So of 22,000 people, so that allowed- Three people out of 44,000 total, according to RFK. I don't have the study in front of me, so I'm not endorsing that. That's according to RFK. Do you hear me, YouTube? I'm not endorsing that. I'm saying this is according to RFK. And by the way, if YouTube has a problem with this, uh, it's currently up on Howie Mandel's channel. Out the company to tell the public the vaccine is 100% effective. Because 100%, but that's a, that's a misnomer. 100% effective in as far as, because I saw people on the news going, well, I got the vaccine, I still got COVID. They never said you won't get COVID. They just said that. Yes, they did. I just showed you a minute straight of people saying that. 
The president of the United States said that. What I like, how about a little more, how about a little more for the people in the back? You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. Rachel Maddow just stated as fact that it stops as fact as as fact Rachel Maddow stated again this is the woman that said she wouldn't air Trump's victory speech because they couldn't knowingly broadcast information they knew was false she just said as a fact a vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus the virus does not infect them the virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else we know that's not true we knew that true we knew that wasn't true within days of them saying that 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 was the case but they kept saying it and people on people people in hollywood want to rewrite that people own political commentators in my space don't want to talk about it anymore they want to say it was four years ago. Forget about it. They don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't want to talk about it. Just let everyone go. Let them all live. Let them all just, you know, ah, I was just, you know, ah, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't really know what to do. And there are aspects of the early decision-making that I would forgive. You know, they were doing the best. There were things that they were trying to do that they felt were the best for us. I understand that. Um, but not a single one of them has accepted any culpability for the mistakes they made. Not a single one of them has apologized. Um, nobody's been put in jail for the, um, you know, the issues that people have had with it. I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't really understand how Howie Mandel, and then you look at his own comment section on his own channel, Howie Mandel from one day ago. Find a find a single comment siding with him. Kennedy is the only candidate to state what is really going on with Ukraine. Yeah, okay, we've talked about that. Uh, just take the time to listen to in-depth conversations on these topics, and how can you possibly think anyone else is more qualified for the highest office in our country? Well, they like RFK. Um, you know, our, uh, Kennedy holds himself so well in debates. He's so respectful, especially when others disagree. I'm not a political person, but this is the first time I've felt actually inspired by a political candidate on a personal, educational, dare I say, moral level. He has my vote. This is on Howie Mandel's platform. Great interview. Funny how his daughter kept trying to shut him down, but RFK Jr. knew exactly the information and why it was correct. RFK Jr. has Buddha level of patience that I do not have. Mad respect. I mean, why is this so hard to grasp that many of those in power, especially in a capitalist system, may prioritize money and power over the best interests of the public? It's not a simple, it's just not a simple adage. RFK Jr. is the only candidate brave enough to repeatedly subject himself to interviews and discussions like this. I mean, like all of these, you know, I, I get it. You know, I'm glad that they had him on, but I mean, if you were going to try to shut him down with your, 
you know, leftoid talking points. I mean, there's a whole 40 minute part of this show about the jab. Things like autism, things like that. You know, I, I wouldn't vote for RFK as president, but, you know, I like his opinions on, you know, the jab and, you know, he comes well, he comes well prepared. He brings receipts and it's just extremely frustrating that, you know, all these people are acting like this stuff didn't happen. I cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. But when we looked at the emergency use authorization, which is right on the screen, if you look what it says under transmission, this is what was known the moment they were making those statements. Can I have the next slide, please? What was known was that the data are um, not there, limited to assess the effects of the vaccine against transmission of SARS-CoV-2. They had no idea. They had no idea if it would stop the infection, yet they were making those statements on the news. Plus, the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market. If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, <laughs> at these. Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> no, we didn't know. We didn't know. The it'll uh, kind of uh, pull back the severity of it. So the fact is that's that was what they said after the fact. Well proven. You had okay, double the deaths but, 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 without but, but, it. But how? Right. Listen to this. Okay. Okay. If this makes any sense to you, they say what they're saying out of twenty-two thousand people, there was one COVID death among the vaccinated and there was two COVID deaths on the unvaccinated double 22,000 people double so, double and that that allowed them to claim it's 100 percent effective effective for what you can't no, use, no, use the word effective they, no, but you remember they kept saying it's 100 percent effective no they just said it really it'll I, negate I can the severity play, if you go on the internet you can see Tony Fauci but the word effective didn't say you won't get, I never yes, heard they, you won't get COVID oh yeah well this is a different subject but yeah in fact I saw a tape yesterday of them all of Biden Fauci Gates uh you know Burla all of them saying if you take the vaccine Rachel Maddow if you take the vaccine you can't get COVID you can't pass COVID I didn't see that uh, you didn't see that uh-huh uh-huh you sure you weren't sharing that, liking and sharing that on Twitter? Telling everyone else that's why you have to get it? I am not about to let these people forget. I'm not allowed about to let these people off the hook and say, well, it was just a few, it was four years ago. Forget it. No. As far as I'm concerned, all of these people were complicit in crimes against the American people and against people around the world. Mind Commander says, hey, Jeremy, your fellow CBC partner, Amish Zaku, just got featured for the first time. He's seven away from 400 followers. Can we show him some rumble love? Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. 
He's live right now. He's got 231 viewers. What does he need my help for? And in the clouds. Or my bow. Oh, no face cam. That's my rule number one. Uh-oh. A rough angle. That's my rule. No lovey from me without a without a face cam. That's the rules. You're welcome to check him out though. He's on the homepage. Who gives a fuck what Howie Mandel has to say about anything? Well, I don't. You don't. But lots of people do. Still parroting that fake news. Fake. Fake. Fake, fake, fake. United Airlines CEO is a drag queen. Did you know that? Not only is he a drag queen, but he tried to force people who even had religious exemptions from getting vaccinated to get vaccinated. He talked about making them wear a uh, social media or a um, scarlet letter on their name badges if they didn't get the vaccine. Here he is talking about diversity. How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviate Academy? We have committed that 50% of the this class. Guy, this guy is a United Airlines CEO, also a terrible drag queen. Of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United Airlines. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity. Two white guys talking about diversity. They sound like slave owners. How many blackies you got? Well, that's not enough blackies. We need more blacks. You should get more blacks. On, uh, how about women? Can you get some of those too? They're talking about them like they're a, a proper piece of property. Diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying though. So I, this is just based off your website, the people you list as executives, but out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America. What's the correct amount? Or what's the, what's the, what's the right number? What's the correct number? How many women and, and black people should you have? How many brown people should you have? What's the correct number of brown people to have? If you look at almost every one of these Silicon Valley companies, their CEO is not white, is not a white male. Almost all of them are run by Indians or women. Almost all of them. IBM, Google, YouTube. They're all brown people or women that run them. 
America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to, one of the things we do is for every job when we do an interview, we require. This is the same guy. This is the, this is their, their CEO, by the way. People of color is a new PC colored people. Yeah, coloreds. This is the same guy. Right here. Right here. This is their CEO. That's him. Not only is Scott Kirby a bad dreaded queen and DEI nut job, but he's also getting sued for attempting to purge religious orthodoxy at United after insisting, I'm sorry, instituting one of the most draconian jab mandates in the nation. Those who do not comply were either fired or eventually placed on leave stripped of their medical benefits. Mind Commander, thanks for the shout out, Jeremy. It helped Amish out a lot. Also, CBC promo code Amish Zaku for 10% off. Shameless plug for him and CBC. Fair enough. Let's just check in on the United. Whoops. Whoops. Let's check in on that United. Whoops. Since this news broke on Friday. They've lost 13% of their stock value. We're talking about billions of dollars. Pac-Man, I'll never fly again. I'll drive. <clears throat> It'll take longer, but at least I won't have to worry about unqualified pilots and air traffic controllers causing an accident and getting everyone on the plane killed. Yeah. <clears throat> Charlie Kirk is not a conservative. He's a grifter. I don't know who Charlie... I don't know Charlie Kirk. I tend to, I'll just put it this way. I tend to be wary of um, and or uninterested in, in aligning myself with anybody who works with these big conservative ink corporations. So let's put it that way. That's a structural drop. It's from bond yields. Interesting. Well, today it's back up 88%, or 88 cents, 2.34%. So perhaps no correlation or causation there. Slide whistle. Ah. Diversity really has nothing to do with safe travel. When you go on the FAA's website and you see their their diversity policies on their homepage, that basically is just being done to satisfy the administration and the president. End of story, that's all it is. Regardless of what proposed hiring practices are put into place, the bottom line is aviation pretty much and piloting is basically a male occupation. You don't find little girls when they're 10 years old saying, hey, I wanna be an airline pilot or playing with little model airplanes. My or wife's a pilot. Airplanes. It's pretty much a male game, like it or not. So. 
I think you're really not going to see big changes. And even as far as uh, the minorities go, it would be great to get more into the cockpit. But still, in these inner cities, the money isn't there to uh, to fund these individuals. And then, yes, an airline could put a hundred people into its program, but they're not going to put a thousand or ten thousand people into the program because it's it's not practical and it's 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 going to negatively affect their bottom line in the long run. I really don't think what this United CEO is proposing, where fifty percent of all new pilot applicants at some point will be minority or women is a good idea. It's basically all a matter of flight time, your credentials, my wife's a guy, flight yeah. <laughs> experience you have, and also your training. So by, by him making those comments, I mean, this pretty much is just PR to get the airline great uh, PR recognition in the media. You know, I think when it comes to uh, political correctness, the woke movement, I think United will be no different than any other big company like Disney. They'll stand by their policies, regardless regardless of what the critics say. They're I will never fly United again in my life until he's removed as CEO. It's a very easy decision to make. Uh, extremely, extremely easy. And, uh, you know, you see here, meet Maya tall man <laughs> a man pretending to be a woman who's a pilot and runs a newly formed dei committee for united so not only trans but also an activist no thanks there's plenty of other options to fly <clears throat> if i have to you know if it's under an eight-hour drive or 10-hour drive, I'll just drive it. It's not that big a deal. Break it up into a trip, you know? I'll never forget when I had, um, I had like a faulty, a faulty CO2 um, alarm go off, and the fire department showed up at my house, and... Uh, I was like, nah, it's just a false alarm or whatever. And then they're like, well, can we come in and do, and like just do our scan as training or whatever? I was like, sure, fine. Um, that's cool. You know, I, I was like, uh, you know, I lived in a small town. These are the people that are supposed to save my life. If I, you know, my house is on fire at night. The first person through the door is about a 325 pound woman. The next person through the door was about a 375 pound man. And then another probably 225 pound woman. I'm like, if my house is on fire, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, uh, there, there's whatever, you know, these hiring policies, whatever it is that leads to this stuff. I remember turning to my wife and being like, if the house is on fire, save yourself. <laughs> like, if you have to jump out a second floor window, that's fine. Trust me, they're not coming for you. They will not save you. That was the fire department. I can't imagine, you know, my pilots and things like that.
here's something I want to talk about. I don't know if I'm going to up, um, I don't know if I'm going to upload it, but it's one thing that always kind of bothers me. I want to get to this. Okay. Okay. But did they have female penises? They were on one of the guys was out of breath going up the stairs. He was going upstairs in his full like in full gear and he was gassed. And I was like, dude, I'll die alone. I'll burn to death for sure. If they were fire eaters, yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, there's almost no way to know if a CO2 alarm is faulty. Uh, well, in this particular case, I mean, from a fire department state, yeah. Um, but for me, I had hit the button. Like, I knew that, like, it was a false alarm. All right. Here's some... I don't know if I'm going to upload it, but... It's a little off topic for me, but it is kind of not. If there's one thing that bugs me uh, about YouTube, it's uh, or about people on YouTube and uh, really just content creators in general, but it's mostly a YouTube and like a Twitch thing, is when content creators uh, take advantage of the broken copyright system on these platforms most often to silence criticism or because they get their feelings hurt. Now, if you're talking about channels that are wholesale re-uploading your content or let's say free booting, which is like what Ian Miles Chong does, he steals other people's content and he uploads it unedited and makes money off of it. I would totally um, support people DMCA copyright striking those people. People are stealing your content wholesale, not transforming it and uploading it, making money off of it. That's what the system's for. Sadly, it gets used for other things. And in this particular video, you know, I've talked about the way, I mean, even Netflix, even Netflix of all people is actually pretty good with DMCA strikes. But Warner Brothers, for example, Warner Brothers Chapel Hill, for example, these are companies that in general will take down videos or channels in particular if they're negative. And this is something I've talked about in the comedian space. Previously, Brendan Schaub, uh, well-known um, you know, guy who got famous by being Joe Rogan's friend, um, you know, well-known copyright abuser, taking down videos in particular that were critical of him. It is an incredibly ego-driven decision. I think he had learned his lesson, but I need to add to the list today. I need to add, well, a lot of people to the list who apparently have been copywriting striking, copyright striking videos that are critical of them. Tim Dillon has a history of doing this. Bad Friends, which is a wildly popular podcast between Bobby Lee and um, Santino, is now copyright striking videos, videos critical of them. Uh, and a lot of fans of these shows are defending it. And I just don't think you can defend this behavior because it is purely ego-driven. So let's talk about the Bad Friends podcast. 
It's very popular. Santino and Bobby Lee have a lot of back and forths. And in the past week, they had David Spade on. And that particular episode had a lot of commentary around it. There's a lot of commentary around um, these, you know, California podcast comedians. Most of their shows are dead now. The, the, the scene was like really at its peak during the lockdowns. There's very few of these podcasts that are doing anywhere near the numbers that they used to. Guys like Theo Vaughn is still doing very well. Bad Friends is doing decently. Um, but nonetheless, there's a whole commentary community around them. You know, I talk about politics or what's going on in the world. There are channels that talk about them. One of them is called Too Lazy to Try. And he'll often talk about, you know, Andrew Schultz or, you know, whatever's going on in the podcast world, you know, provide commentary on it. Always extremely obviously fair use. Well, now, uh, you know, again, one of the things that I use my platform to do is to stand up for other content creators, whether I'm friendly with them or not. Don't know how too lazy to try feels about me. Dude might totally hate me. It doesn't matter. Um, the bad friends podcast people, which is, you know, Santino and Bobby Lee, not only took down one of his videos, but issued him a copyright strike, which is an additional escalation that is unnecessary. So first of all, too lazy to try again. If you look at his channel, he provides all sorts of commentary around this community, often utilizing clips from the shows in a fair use fashion to um, illustrate his points. And you can see I've watched a lot of his videos, you know, so I, I can honestly say that I am a fan of his content. But he's always, you know, he's talking about people in the community, podcast clips, providing commentary. It's very obviously fair use. Now, when he talks positively about content creators or comedians in this space, coincidentally, he doesn't get copyright strikes. But when he criticizes content creators in this space, coincidentally, he does get copyright strikes. That's why it's obvious that Either Santino or Bobby Lee watched the episode because I know they all watch his channel. Guys like Steve-O have admitted that he watches Too Lazy to Try and that when Too Lazy to Try criticized Steve-O, it hurt his feelings. And he even taught, he, I believe he briefly touched on, you know, copyright strikes and fair use and things like that. You know, all of these comedians now have kind of, a lot of these popular comedians have kind of dipped their toe into this I'm a free speech and I'm a free speech absolutist like Tim Dillon, by the way, um, who had no problem copyright striking videos who were critical of him. A lot of people also want to say that, well, it's probably just their agency. People use that as an excuse. There, many of their hardcore fans will use as an, as an excuse. And sometimes that is the case. For example, Bent Key was uh, an organization that was consistently copyright striking videos. And again, if you feel that your content was used uh, in a way that you deserve the revenue for, you can copyright claim a video. If you want to screw over that content creator, you will issue them a content strike, three of which will get their entire channel deleted. The reason I know that these are not 
copyright strikes from, you know, just some random nameless, faceless organization. Here's Tim Dillon's from uh, a little while back. You know, it's, it's, it's always seems to be on videos that are critical of them. You know, if it was that they had claimed that you use particular content without their permission, then why aren't they striking every video you do, right? It's only the videos that are criticizing them. This particular interview, our video that Too Lazy to Try did, was criticizing Bobby Lee not respecting other people's time by showing up 45 minutes late to his own show and essentially derailing the entire podcast. A very fair criticism. Not only did they copyright strike him, but they said the content was found in entire video. They didn't even bother timestamping the clips that he had used. And it's, it's, it's extremely embarrassing for these guys. You know, this is, you can see it's from bad friends. You could say, oh, well, it's probably somebody that just, no, I don't buy that. Because they don't strike down this guy, Too Lazy to Try uses clips from bad friends all the time. It just so happened that the video in which he criticized their behavior, he got the copyright strike. Do we all agree? Like, we're not buying this. I'm not buying that this was just some nameless, faceless corporation that accidentally issued a claim. Wrong. They took down a video that was critical of their behavior because they got in their feelings. This is, these are two multi-millionaires, by the way, um, bullying uh, a, a YouTuber who I don't mean this as a, as a, I don't mean to say that he's, 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 he, the guy's not a millionaire. The guy probably makes a couple grand a month if he's lucky on YouTube, but they want to take that down. And this again, Tim Dillon did it too, um, where he said, oh, I, I struck it down because um, they were using content from my Patreon-only show, and that's not okay. Again, Tim, I like you, but you can absolutely still use content that is paywalled and, and to review it. Why do you think movie reviews exist? Netflix is paywalled, yet there's millions of Netflix show reviews all over the internet. These, All of these guys... You know, this is in an episode. Tim Dillon apologizes for trashing his ex-producer. Issue take issue down takedown issue by Tim Dillon. Now, I want to point out the escalation that's important here. As a content creator, people claim content in my videos all the time. Um, sometimes it's a fair claim, like if it's a clip from somebody, and sometimes most of the time it's unfair. Claiming a content doesn't hurt your channel. It just means that they get a small piece of the revenue. But when they choose to escalate it to a strike, they actually hurt your channel. You know, and like this, this stuff is, whoa, that's a good timed. Oh, this is Santino. So this is Santino's Twitter. So I know he uses Twitter because he retweeted this episode. You know. Here, Bobby and or Andrew gave too lazy a copyright strike for criticizing Bobby's unprofessionalism. Maybe Bobby would have stood up for himself against Carlos, Brendan, and or Kalila if he had done it while hiding safely from his computer screen. 
this kind of stuff is what I hate. These guys got famous because of YouTube. They got, you know, Brendan Schaub, who got hit in the head for a career. You know, he was suing YouTubers at the time. All of these guys have done it. Brendan Schaub was suing YouTubers for criticizing him. Tim Dillon has, you know, hopefully he's issued an apology for this and he's changed his mind. But here we go again with Andrew Santino um, and Bobby Lee, who I'm not even sure is on Twitter or not. They're happy to use YouTube to get famous and, and have their podcast hosts. They talk about being, you know, Tim Dillon calls himself a free speech absolutist. Santino and Bobby Lee like to talk about how they're against censorship and they're fine copyright striking channels that criticize them. It's, it would already be kind of a bitch move for millionaires to claim revenue, but it's a whole nother level of cowardice to strike down a video, uh, to hurt a YouTuber channel, someone who's on the come up, someone who's just, by the way, again, following the rules of fair use quite easily, you know? You can go and look at this video about Tim Dillon and his copyright strikes. But, you know, today I'm talking about bad friends and, um, you know, they're cowardly. Again, it's a strike, not just a, hey, take this down or use a little bit too much of my footage so I'm going to claim the revenue. They're screwing this guy's channel over. And as somebody who has been YouTubing for 12 years now, 15 years now, I know that I, be, I mean, it is my belief that when you carry strikes on your channel, that YouTube suppresses it. They're worried about this guy who makes a video. I don't know every couple of days, right? Uh, here, he hasn't made a video in a week. They're worried about some guy who's just uh, using a George Costanza avatar and commentating on the community. They're striking down his videos. It's really, really sad. And I really hope, uh, you know, someone can get to Bobby Lee or Santino and convince them that like, you know, to stop being little baby bitches. I, I don't know what else to say, but the fact that you ripped down a video. So he had a video here. So it must've been, you know, maybe a few days ago, but now they take it down. It's, it's truly, it's really, really sad. It's rich people acting like they're above criticism and acting out, abusing the copyright system, forgetting what it was like when they were coming up and they were criticizing people and uh, you just hate to see it. These people end up showing you who they really are. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's all a facade in most cases. You know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't give a shit about these, these uh, like, I don't think Andrew Schultz is funny at all. I don't think, you know, most of these, I don't think Tony Hinchcliffe is funny. I don't think like, but that's personal preference. I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't really give a shit about these people, but you know, even what Burt Kreischer was the one that was attacking his own fans, calling them poor, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. I wonder if he replied to my tweet. Probably not. Uh, I think of a zero grudge meter, keep it simple. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, they're Hollywood. Yeah, it's uh th these guys. I don't know if this is actually Bobby Lee. I assume it is. He doesn't use it, so I have no way to to roast these guys. Dude, Bobby Lee is actually a piece of shit. If you just listen to the stories he says about the things that he admits he's done. Confront them IRL and they'll say it was just lawyers and they had nothing to do with it like the pussies they are. Right, exactly. I don't believe that because, I mean, they. I, I know, I agree with you. That's what they're going to say. That's what they're going to say. But we all know that's baloney because... They struck down videos, you know, coincidentally, all the videos they struck down were critical of them. You know, I'm sure that was just a coincidence, though. I'm sure that was just a coincidence that the only videos they struck down were videos that were making fun of them. I'm sure all the other videos they just missed. You know? I remember a simpler time where if a girl wore lipstick or a little extra face makeup, you know, people noticed it. Well, now it's 2024 and it's the age of social media and powerful influencers of young women uh, and their behavior are getting rich doing so. TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and their various filters, I believe, have been a wild net negative on society, in particular for women. Um, just in the way that you see them dress, you see what they do to their faces with plastic surgery, like that chick from The Boys, what you see um, in their actions. It's, it's terrible what it's doing. Now, back in the day, for example, you could talk about, you know, in movies, you you see a lot of people smoke, right? So they cut that out. Now, if you see somebody like ripping a grit in a movie, it's extremely rare. You're like, whoa, somebody's smoking a cigarette. I think I was like watching Oppenheimer. I think I was watching Oppenheimer and I feel like, whoa, all these people are smoking cigarettes. What's happening? Like they stopped doing that. They cut them out of movies because it was influencing people to smoke, right? Allegedly. And now we've got a whole nother level of things that in particular um, appear, uh, go after women and uh, want them to do whatever this is to their faces. It's awful. It's, it's weird. Now, some people might say, hey, it's just a tattoo. And I, I guess I have to agree with that. I also think anybody that gets face tattoos is making a life decision. If you get a face tattoo, that's a life decision. You get a bad tattoo on your arm, your leg, your forearm, you can cover that up. But what this is, is ginger appropriation. And it's ruining their lives. I got freckle tattoos and people say they will age like a tramp stamp.
I mean, what is, what is, women, are you okay? Are you okay, women? By the way, you know what's wild about this? Look how red it is. Maybe it's just because it's on the face, but I've definitely had tattoos before and my arm is not red. I mean, it's a little red, but not this. This is like burning hot red. I mean, what is, look at this face. It looks cartoonish. Look at this. It looks ridiculous. It goes onto faces. You look like you have acne. Oh, it looks, oh, it's so bad. And why are they all, they're all young women. They're all young women. It's so sad. Oh, it looks so bad. Oh, it looks so bad. Oh, yuck. What are you doing? Women. It looks like they have scabies. I don't even understand. People are opting to get freckles tattooed on their face in the latest fashion trend, by the way, which got famous on TikTok. While some might have been bullied for having a freckly face when they were at school, did people get teased for freckles? I've, I never heard of that. I mean, I had birthmarks on my face. I think I had, I, I got teased for that once in a while. Mary Wickajowski, a tattoo artist, says she specializes in this type of design. Her videos uploaded to TikTok have gone viral around the world with many people divided on the new trend. One person wrote, I don't get the trend. I do almost anything to get rid of my freckles and be able to enjoy the sun without worrying. Another added, I used to be bullied for my freckles when I was younger. When did they become a fashion statement? A third said, I used to hate my freckles, not just on my face, but they cover my legs and arms too. They're here all year round, but the slightest ray of sunshine and boom, they're out in full force. Learn to accept them as if who cares about freckles? Has any man ever cared about that? I feel like getting freckles tattooed on your face, it says a lot about your self-esteem. It says a lot about like TikTok culture and people's insane pathetic need to be a part of everything instead of just being individuals. It doesn't, you know, people think that what is on the outside is going to make them unique and special, but whatever happened to teaching people that it's what's on the inside that counts. A few haters even said it looks like full blown acne. And Mary has responded to those haters in a video telling him to watch your mouth. Of anything that could have been left on her face. We discussed the placement of the freckles. If we want them a little higher, a little lower, we need to agree on a vision together. Then I start with tattooing her nose. 
And the nose area is usually the most painful for my girls. Then what are these people doing? I, and you see people are getting rainbow freckles tattooed. Looks like an infection. An Australian-based woman is tattooing rainbow freckles on her customers, and the internet is not impressed. Here's this person. She had freckles tattooed on her face, and now she's desperate for them to fade. What about the rest of your body and all those other bad tattoos? And why did you get black freckles, you idiot? Why are they black? Most of her ink is garbage tear, by the way. She might have effed up so bad she didn't figure if they'd laugh, but they most definitely would cry. What? What is, what's happening? I got freckles and people say they'll age like a tramp stamp. Oh, you already have a head tattoo. Oh, women. Okay, I don't care for tattoos on women uh, as a personal preference. I do not judge tattooed girls like that harshly or anything. Um, I think like a half sleeve on a chick can look cool or whatever the case is, you know. I don't like hate it. But if you get a tattoo on your face or head, you're an actual idiot. What is you, this? This chick is worried about freckle tattoos. She's got somebody's name tattooed on her forehead. What? What is this? This chick looks ridiculous. Even when it does fade, why does she have so many freckles? Why wouldn't you just do, couldn't you just do this? You know, obviously I don't have a lot of experience with makeup, but it feels like, can't you just do this with makeup? I don't even understand. The first generation that grew up with unrestricted use of social media are test subjects. Numerous regulations will be implemented by the time these kids reach middle age and they will all be single with kids. <laughs> Zoom. That's probably true. That's a man. What? Oh my God. What is, I mean, come on, ladies. Is it freckle juice? No freckle tattoos. You get freckle tattoo, you get, what? This is why kids got to stay off social media. Look at this. Ah, it looks insane. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. Kids. Think twice before you do anything to your body that's permanent. This is, I mean, look, it might look a little ridiculous at first and maybe it gets better down the road, but it still looks absurd. 
and you don't need this. It doesn't make you more attractive at all. In fact, it's really just, it tells the rest of us that you're broken inside. It looks like some bird shot. Looks like you went duck hunting with Dick Cheney. That's what it looks like. Not a fan. I guess you let me know in the comments what you think, but yikes. That's a yikes for me. I'm not like, you know, when I say like, you know, I have, I don't have like super strong opinions on tattoos, but you know, I think women's bodies are pr pretty nice even without them, you know? And, uh, like if I, let's say I was single again and I met a girl who had tattoos, I, I wouldn't like not date her because of it, but I would prefer it's be small and tasteful and be able to be covered up, you know, but you know, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. By the way, thanks everyone for tuning in. Is this, has the stream been more stable today? Does it has it looks like I haven't seen I haven't seen the chat like freaking out about I mean I I, I thought it like uh <laughs> was it a Christian more monarchy I'm telling you be careful the the quartering's biggest haters have all cut their dicks off it's the curse of the quartering hater <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yes, better today, more stable, better. Okay. Well, I'll use the software tomorrow and we'll see. Um, veteran Biker says, Jeremy, who created your overlays? Like to pay them for some help with my stream setup. I'm assuming OBS. Um, yeah, they're just transparent PNGs. Um, and I just used somebody on like Fiverr, I think at the time, or my, my current graphic designer has like, you know, dialed them up, but you could certainly get somebody to make, if you look on like Fiverr for stream overlay people, there's a million and you can get them for like 10 bucks, you know, just at the beginning, a few glitches. I gotta, I'm going to tweet this. Shout out Moon Man Rants. <laughs> it's just a fact. If you want to really prove yourself as a hater, you know, you're going to have to get the zipper tits. That's part of it. Yeah, the stream seems more stable, which is why, like, yesterday we had kind of like weak tit numbers. There you go. Yep. There you go, Moon Man. Print that off. Put it on the refrigerator. Got another video I wanted to react to here.
Doobie doobie do. Uh, right. Let's get that. Do ba 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 ba. Doobie doobie do 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 do. Isn't that, isn't that what they're called? Zipper tits? Okay. All right. I thought this is a pretty interesting realization here. This uh, young woman uh, made on, uh, on TikTok. And I don't think... I don't think it's like as brutal of a cell phone as uh, as some people are saying, but I do think it's a really important topic because it's the college versus trade school argument. Now, I've never been a college is for everyone, and I've also never been a trade school is for everyone. And I think that you know ultimately everybody has their best path, and some people don't need either, right? Some people, you just learn a school, uh, learn a trait. You don't need to actually go to some school and pay somebody else to teach you. Maybe your dad or mom taught you how to do something, or you got a job when you were 18 at, you know, Amazon, you worked your way up or, you know, all, you know, whatever the case is, it's also, that's not for everyone, but this is pretty hilarious. This is a woman with a master's degree. Uh, versus her husband, who has a high school diploma or trade school, and uh, he makes 10 times as much money as her. <laughs> Again, this isn't to dismiss university. Like, I have a proper, I have a master's degree too. I have a master's degree from University of Wisconsin, Whitewater. I'm very proud of it. I worked very hard to get it. Did it necessarily help me? Nope. Um, it taught me some valuable skills. It got, it opened a few doors for me, but if I was doing it all over again in 2024, I probably would not have went to college. I would have, you know, been able to try to learn on my own or try to, you know, schools, you know, there was a time when you could only get a lot of these types of lessons at a school, but now you can go and you can learn all about economics. If you want, you can do, you know, whatever you want. Um, you know, uh, you can learn whatever you want online nowadays. Let's take a look. College versus trade school. Wife points out the differences between her master's degree and her husband's high school, then trade school. So everyone pushes college, 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 and I went to college. I have a master's degree. I make very good money for my age. By the way, I was told by a woman that telling a woman anything with the qualifier for your age is not actually a compliment. So you're not supposed to tell women they look good for their age. That's what I was told. Now, I don't know how old she is. She's probably in her mid-30s. 
My husband did not go to college. And I've talked about this on here before, and I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand it. So I'm gonna throw it into perspective for you, and I say it not to brag, but to hopefully help. Help any of you. I have a college degree. He has a high school diploma. He went to trade school right after high school. He got his certificates and everything. And here we go. So this past July, he had already brought home, brought home more than my gross salary. That's actually probably close to four times. He's earning four times what she is. If, if, if I'm guessing she's probably 70, 60 to $80,000 a year, I'm guessing is what she makes. If your take home after paying 40% taxes is more than her entire gross, he's earning way more, way more than double. This year. Come December, he will have quadrupled my salary. Oh, there you go. I was right there. Yeah, four times. Quadrupled it. If he decides to pick up overtime on a weekend, a two-day weekend, if he picks up overtime, he brings home that weekend just in those two days, more than I make in a two-week check. I have a master's degree. He has a high school diploma. I mean, she, you know, she probably, she's probably a teacher. Yeah, that's, that's probably a, a reasonable guess. Um, she looks like she could have an OnlyFans. She'd probably make more on that. This is the thing about trades. This is the thing that, South Park perfectly, you know, encapsulated when they, when the, when the handyman was like a multimillionaire, you know, I don't think she's, I don't think she's like being like, I think she's owning it. So that reason right there is why I will not push college on anyone. If you think I'm guessing now I'm, I'm now thinking I'm confirming that she must be a teacher. Because that's why you'd push college. I mean, it's likely she's a teacher. Now, he has real skills. She has a piece of paper. I think that college is not for you. And you want to try a trade school, obviously look into it. See if you think that you have what it takes. And then 100% do it. Do it. I don't think that enough people are talking about this. And it is 100% worth it if you stick with it he's been doing it for eight years so obviously he has made his way up the ladder but if he leaves his job today 100 percent guarantee he will make the exact same amount of money wherever else he decides to go the thing is what she she's not she's pointing out but part of the reality is uh you know, of trade school versus, you know, a traditional university. You can be done with a trade school in one year, one to two years, right? Most of them. College is four to five years. If she has her master's degree, that means she used up six to seven years of her life in college. So her husband got eight years, seven years experience seven years worth of pay raises, seven years worth of promotions, seven years worth of, you know, life experience, 
also something that doesn't get talked about a lot in the trades that um, that needs to is just how you know just how you should or just how many entrepreneurial skills you learn you know you learn a lot you get a lot of entrepreneurial skills in the trades a lot of people you know learn hey it might take 6000 hours to get my journeyman's but you're making $40 an hour on your way to that and then once you get your journeyman's you're making 60 or $80 an hour and meanwhile your competition is sitting in school making nothing. On top of that, when you graduate, they'll have $50,000 in debt or more. You'll have zero debt because most, you, there's a great chance you'll have zero debt because many jobs uh, require or will pay for your work. And yeah, she probably didn't get chosen for a master's degree. I cannot, I cannot stress it enough. I can't stress it enough. I am so jealous. Like, he doesn't have student debt. There you go. Nothing. And he's quadrupling my salary in one year. Yeah. I mean, that's why you look at while some students skip college, trade programs are booming. This is in April. It's almost 4 p.m. at the National Branch of Tennessee College and Applied Technology. Students in the auto collision repair night class are just starting their day. One sanding the seal off the bed of his 89 Ford F-350. Another is patiently hammering out a banged-up fender. A third taking a break from working on his 03 Lexus IS300 to chat with some classmates. While almost every sector of higher education has fewer students registering for classes, many trade programs are thriving. Jones and his classmates seeking certificates and other short-term credentials, not associate's degrees, are part of that upswing. Trade programs are often more affordable than traditional four-year schools. I'll say always more affordable, probably. Students note, and for many skilled trades, offer a uh, more obvious path to a job. Look, even if you need you know, 6,000, 8,500 hours to get your journeyman's, 10,000, I don't know what it is for master plumbers at 10,000, maybe more, you're also making money all along that way. You're getting raises all along that way. You're, and you know, there are things that you go to for your university for accounting, science, you know, technology, maybe, although it depends. You know, if you're going into like networking or things of that nature, you probably don't need a four year degree in that. Computer programming, I wouldn't even go into school for that anymore. You're probably going to be replaced by AI in two years. You don't take a lot of BS courses about wokeness and gender studies. You go, you learn HVAC, you learn electrician, you become a plumber. Yeah, you may not, you know, you may not uh, get that same, like, people may not react the same way to being a plumber, but times have changed. People know now, oh, you're an engineer. Oh yeah, you're doing just fine. I have friends that work for the city for like, they're like road crew. They're like independent contractor road crew people. So like the city will contract them. These guys are making 200K a year in their thirties. High school educated. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but 
I will say that when I was going to high school, four-year university was presented as the only option. You know, they didn't even present tech schools. The only reason, the only people they presented tech schools to were people who were getting bad grades. And that's just the truth. If you were getting bad grades, they told you to go to a tech school. Now it's like, oh, wait, you don't want $100,000 in college debt? I mean, I had, I spent about $100,000 in my college education. I think my master's degree was about $50,000 and my undergrad was, I mean, if I'm not including my living expenses, which you really should, you know, that was probably another $50,000 living expenses for those four years, you know, it's not cheap. And now, oh, geez, I mean, that was in 2001 when I graduated. No, 2000 and I think I graduated high school in 2001. So I graduated college like 2007 with a master's degree. So that's 20 years ago. So that number is probably even higher. And um, it's just, it's good to see trade schools getting some more respect and getting, you know, people understanding that, you know, your 4D, your undergraduate degree doesn't actually buy you anything, doesn't get you any job, doesn't even really put you on a great path. You get a degree in plumbing, you go work for a plumber. You get a degree in electrical work, you become an electrician, you go work for an electrician. You get your HVAC certificates, you go work for an HVAC company. Very simple. You wanna know who's making a lot of money right now too? Truck drivers. You're willing to be over the road truck driver? You're making huge money. You can get your CDL on weekends. So it's 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 wild out there and it's good to see some of the some of the uh, narrative around it all changing. How long did it take me to pay off my student debt? Um, I paid it off. I can't, you know, it's been a while. I think, must be nice to have parents that love you. I just spent eight years in the army to afford a degree. Hey, my parents didn't pay for my college. I had to take loans out for all of it. You know, they helped me where they could. You know, um, I don't remember. I remember my payments were like $800 a month or something like that at one point. And then um, you can defer payments for like six months, which I had to do twice. And then I think it probably took me like, it probably took me like, six or seven years to pay them off. And that's, you know, I got lucky because um, if you go on Indeed, almost every company's asking for a degree. Thoughts? Well, I guess it depends what job you're looking for. I mean, I guarantee you they're not asking for a four-year degree to be an electrician. You know? You know, there are jobs that will still require that. Yeah, 800 a month. What was, what was crazy is I, I got my first real J-O-B out of, high, out of college. And I think I told you guys I was making like 40,000 plus commission, 35,000, 40,000 plus commission. So I think I was making like 60 grand a year. In 2006, this was enough to buy a starter home. Like a, a 200, I think my first home was $174,000, $173,000. Um, it was enough to have a starter home, but I had to work a second job 
I still worked a second job just to make my student loan payments. So I worked full time at the car dealership. And then on weekends, I worked at a pizza place. My wife worked full time at the hospital. And then she went and she also worked extra hours at a pharmacy. Like we both worked two jobs until we were like, I don't know, 30. You know? So there are some, there are definitely some jobs that will still require a degree. And I think the question you have to ask yourself then is, is that the job, is that the job you really wanted? If that's the job you really want, then you go get your degree. But you know, when I went to college, I, I, my first major was management computer systems. And I went to UW-Whitewater because it was the best school in the country for MCS, Management Computer Systems. I immediately flunked because I couldn't pro do any programming. I thought, oh, programming seems cool. Sucked at it. Terrible. Terrible. Changed degrees to marketing. Killed it. Went on to get my, ma uh, my master's degree while I was working. So I was working full time. I was getting my master's degree and working a second job. So I was working probably a hundred hours a week. That's, that's how I was from 20. So people like, yeah, now I've, you know, I have this quote unquote cush YouTube job, but I might come up. I worked full time while I was going to school full time. So I was taking 12 credits or 15 credits in my master's program. And also working at a place called Big Mouth Pizza on the weekends so I could have a little bit of money to go out with or uh, to buy weed with. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. I applied to be a sunscreen applicator for the Swedish bikini team. Well, I hope you get it. Wait, what? Who are you talking to, Jake? Not me, I assume. Don't you hate yourself knowing what you've done? What are you talking? What is happening? Okay. He's just, uh, kill you. Just, I don't want to read your weird. Big mouth in West Bend. That's correct. That's where I worked. Big Mouth Pizza, West Bend. And uh, they closed after like a year. Here's a funny story. They closed after like a year uh, because it was a franchise. Here's a funny story. So it was a Big Mouth Pizza is a franchise. So that means you can open a Big Mouth Pizza anywhere you want. It was like, Big Mouth Pizzas, Grandma's Goodies, and Rap City. They were all in the same, like, restaurant. The guy that owned it ended up on the Amer uh, America's Most Wanted list because he sold his franchise to somebody else. And he didn't even own it. Like, he didn't own the franchise. 
So he took like $300,000 from somebody or whatever and fled. We were still working. And then just like came in one day and it was like close, close, gone. 72 slices of pepperoni on every pizza. <laughs> yeah, I worked in the kitchen. I cooked the pizzas. And then when I first started there, it was awesome because they gave you, and this was how I knew it was in trouble. When I started working there, for the first week, you could get 50% off pizza, which wasn't even that big a deal. If you worked there, he gave you 50% off. Just to put it in perspective, 50% off a of pizza still means they're making money. Like pizza has a lot of markup, right? And uh, I would, you know, I would work and I would come get pizza like three days a week. They killed that program in like a month. They got rid of it. And I was like, oh, I'm not even getting 50% off pizza anymore. Why am I working here? That was a weird job. I did also remember that the cheese, you know, the cheese is the most expensive ingredient in the pizza. And the guy that ran the kitchen was like a cheese Nazi. Like if you put one tenth of an ounce more cheese on that pizza than you were supposed to, he was on your ass. Uh, Lord of the Recess, 31, never went to college. I do pest control, making 50 grand a year, and I have a work truck with a gas card, so I don't even have to pay for my own gas. So that's another four grand a year. Plus small company equals I've never had to take the jab. See, you're killing it. Yep. Jeremy, hope you and fam are keeping strong, but riding the wave of the earned reward may ask your feelings of Donald Trump not allowed to attend his deceased wife's funeral, his deceased wife's mom's funeral by a federal judge. Yeah, it's a piece of, sh it's shitty. It's punitive. It's petty. It's pathetic. It's exactly what, it's exactly what, um, it's exactly what I expected from the judge. No good loser. I loved making pizzas. It was simple. It was simple work. Got to turn my brain off, go like smoke a joint on my break. Yeah, it was good. It was good work, honest work. You know what? After dealing with assholes at the car dealership all week, like going home and just taking a shot. And the thing is, when you're young, you know, I would get off work at like five o'clock, I would race home, shower, change, go to my pizza job. And then I work there from 5.30 to 10.30 or something like that. And then I would still go out. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're, you're 23. So get done with work at 10.30, a reek like pizza. Everyone would be like, um, you know, Hey, what are you up to? Oh, I'm going to so-and-so's house. So you go party, sleep, work Saturday, lunch shift, go out Saturday night, work Sunday, lunch shift, go out Sunday afternoon, go right back to work on Monday. <laughs> What a wild, wild, wild day. The, uh, so with that pizza story, I'm going to end for today. Uh, I do hope that you'll, if, you, if today was your first time here, I hope that you'll be here tomorrow. I go live every single day at 1 Eastern. And um, I love, I hope that you're here. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
you know, if you're new here, I'm more of like a moderate guy, uh, more libertarian type, but I, I don't just talk hard politics. I try to just, it's more of a variety show. I hope you feel welcome here. If you do, make sure you click the follow button down below and you turn on notifications. So you actually get notified when I go live. There's 5,000 people here right now. And usually we start with about 2,000. So I'm hoping that if you're here now, that you remember to come two hours earlier tomorrow. And uh, we'll have a great time chatting and, and hanging out as well. So I appreciate you all. Happy Thursday. We're going to do a locals only stream after the stream tomorrow. So join locals if you haven't yet. Um, there's a button below the stream right here called the basement. If you want to be a part of the locals only stream tomorrow, just click on that. Join my locals. It's five bucks a month. It goes directly to supporting me and my team. I might show Bob's in the, uh, in the, in the stream tomorrow, but, um, I would love to get your support. I, I thank you all for tuning in. Please consider joining the basement and, um, we'll see you in 22 hours, friends. Oh, there's no music. Bum, 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 bum,